Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Welcome back to the School for Small Business podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Millard, and today I am here with Tina from Codinia Chocolates. I am so excited. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but my very first job and especially my first leadership position was working with a chocolate company. So as soon as I met, like Tina was in a group I was in and I was like, I have got to connect with this girl. I love that you have an entire company that uses like creativity, but also business sense. And it's just, I don't know, it's so magical. So I'm so excited to be interviewing you today. I would love for you to just start out by giving us a little bit of a background. Give us your story and just give us that reason to connect with you. Because I know as soon as I spoke to you the first time, I'm like, I could feel your story and how impactful it was. For sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. Super stoked to be here. Very nice to have met you in that group. Happy we're doing this. So hi, everyone. My name is Tina Codinia. Uh, I am a chocolatier. I am a chocolate mentor, which isn't a very common thing to be these days, but that is what I do. So I basically help other spring chocolatiers learn about chocolate, learn how to start a chocolate business, run their chocolate business. A little bit of background. So I actually was supposed to be a doctor. That was like what I was destined to be. That's what I was told all my life. And when I was in college, I very, very clearly realized yeah, that's not it. <laughs> like I am having all sorts of bodily reactions to this. The stress levels are hitting me a different way. I just can't see myself going down this path. And so for the first time in my life, I had to ask myself, you know, there's so many people who work and work apparently takes up the majority of your life and people love what they do. So that must mean that it's possible to do what you love. So I never really stopped to think, well, what do I love? And that was the first question that I had to ask myself because I was going through like a quarter life crisis, as I call it. And I was really freaking out because there's just so much pressure. You need to decide. You need to decide. And funny enough, the answer was chocolate, which is so random. And I know that sounds completely random. I thought so, too. I didn't even know you could do chocolate for a living. Like that was amazing to me to find out. But the answer was chocolate. And so for me, that was really the first turning point of realizing that, you know, us as individuals have the power to create the life that we want for ourselves. And we really have so much power, even if you have no idea how that future looks, even if you have no idea where that path is going to lead. But like, once you have that curiosity and you're open to pursuing it and finding out more about it, I do believe this strongly. The Paolo Coelho book, I will always mention this. I was reading The Alchemist at the time about when, you know, you decide something, the universe conspires with you. Like, I just believe that to the core. And it worked out in my favor. So I went from pre-med, went into culinary school, went to pursue chocolate, worked under some of the really greats in the industry, like Jacques Therese, uh, MOF finalists, American Chocolate Masters. I did chocolate for the Wynn Hotel, Aria and Bellagio in Vegas. I came back to Los Angeles, started my own business. 
And that's been my life for like the last 15 plus years now, which is crazy. But at the same time, like I can't picture it any other way. It just makes so much sense. And also, if you saw me back in college, like I look so happy now. I was not this way <laughs> back then. So that's a sign <laughs> that I'm not now on the right path because I'm way more. Woo. So, yeah. There is so much power in that story of really like choosing what it is that lights you up instead of what you think you have to do. And some of your social content that like really struck me was about how to find the balance because just like pre-med, running a business can actually be incredibly time consuming and demanding and stressful. But one of the things that you really focus on is creating a business without that stress. So what does that look like for you? How are you mentoring people? Like what are those uh, like points that stand out that you're like, these are pivot points? Yeah, for sure. That's a very good question. Thank you for asking. So I guess, first of all, I should say that before I understood a little bit about business, I just had it in my head. I need to make chocolate career successful, right? And I was so sprung on this timeline that I put in my head. And in my head, back when I first started, I was like, by 10 years time, I'll be at my peak success. Because every chef who I saw, I, I, I was kind of gauging. I was like, wow, around like 10 years time, they're at their peak success. So in my head, I was thinking by 10 years time, I should have my own business and it should be thriving. Didn't happen that way. I had to realize that everyone's timeline is their own and that everyone learns at their own pace. And for me, it was really a matter of confronting what are the things that are holding me back. And for me, that was really understanding the business side of things like chocolate stuff I got underhand, but business was really something that I used to say, it just boggles my mind how to take these concepts of like sales, marketing, know your numbers, and then applying it to your brand and building out your brand. Like it just seemed so broad. I was like, how do you make this your own, you know? And then that's where I started investing into a business coach who basically showed me these principles like broken down simply and I was able to apply it to my own. I, and I realized, you know, what I'm building is going to take time. So I can either like put all the work in and work till I freaking like basically kill myself and do too much. Maybe I'll have a great business or I can build a business step by step and make these strides and feel comfortable as I'm building it and take these like calculated risk so that at the end of it, I will have looked back and enjoyed the entire journey of it all. Like that's my whole thing. Like if I'm not feeling good about whatever opportunity or whatever's going on, I'm not doing it. I literally like my body like has to feel like this is the right move. And I feel like that comes with time of just trusting yourself and also experience because how many of us when we're a new business owner jump at every single opportunity because we want it to like propel us and we're like this is going to make me or like I need to do this and then you do it and you're like it didn't give me what I wanted in return because maybe you don't really know what you want or what you need so for me like the balance was more of I have to try and enjoy and it's a cliche but like I have to try and enjoy the journey of everything that I'm building and not just what I'm building, like not just that end destination business. And I think that's the mindset shift that happened for me. And that's what I try to teach everyone else. Oh, that's so awesome. One of the things I think that's interesting, too, is that, you know, for business, when we're jumping all over the place and like constantly doing new things, it's like not letting the roots take hold, for right? Sure. Like we're already like digging new holes for new trees before the roots have settled in. And so we're not having the results we're looking for, but early in business, there's also this like balance between 
trying new things so we can determine what do we like, what don't we like, because we can fantasize all we want and picture it in our heads and whatever. But the reality often looks different than what we imagine. So there's this balance between trying all those things out to learn what we like versus like sticking with something. Do you have a way that you like in your mind and your body that you really know, like you're jumping onto something just for the sake of it? Or you're like, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. So I kind of learned this through trial and error. So I would say previous me, like newer business me. So I had a side business before Kudina Chocolate would jump at everything. And I guess, you know, that Palo Coelho quote that I shared with you, when you decide something, the universe conspires with you. When it worked for me in the beginning, I automatically assumed, oh, so every opportunity that is presenting itself must be the one, you know, and I jumped Mm -hmm. and spent money and did wrong opportunities and all these types of things. And then I realized like, wait, it's not just a matter of being presented with opportunities. It's a matter of really deciding what you want your business to look like. And that's kind of where the whole like shiny object syndrome is. Are you going to get distracted by all these other opportunities that kind of look nice? Maybe you could bring some money into your business, but actually it's taking away your time and your energy from the thing that you actually say you want to build. And that was a huge learning lesson for me, I would say probably more so in the last year, because here I was, I built Kadena Chocolate online chocolate shop, and then I built Kadena Chocolate Mentorship. And we're like in this weird transition phase where it's like, well, the mentorship's starting to take off, but I really know chocolate and that's like my safety. Am I going to step into the mentorship or I'm going to grow the chocolate? I can't do both. It's just too much. So that really stuck with me. And I was having, to be honest, I was really having a very difficult time trying to find like, what's, where do I see myself? Where, what t- kind of impact do I want my business to have? Not just for me, but for others. And that's where I realized at this point in life with everything going on, it makes sense to go towards the mentorship. And I'm not saying goodbye to chocolate. I'm saying it might come back later when the rest of my life and timing and everything is okay. So I think for people listening to this, you have to ask yourself, what makes sense for you? Like we can be presented all these types of opportunities and people might tell you, oh, I did this and it worked or like you should do that. But you have to look because everyone is so different. You know, you might have family circumstances that you're not as available for this opportunity. You might have whatever, another project that you're still committing. You might have a full-time job still while you're still trying to build your business. So you have to really think of like, what makes sense for you? And truly, truly at the heart of it, what do you want your business to be? And I think if you ask yourself those two questions, then you can really start to see for yourself which opportunities align and which ones don't. But the thing is, is that I think you also have to be patient that by saying no to some things, the thing that you say yes to doesn't mean it's an automatic like, you know, it means that you're going towards the direction of what you want. And if you stay consistent on that, then you'll get to what you want. Mm -hmm. What I'm almost feeling is like, when you're talking, I'm like, it almost is sitting down and just being able to like, really actually be in a state of like, I can take a deep breath and then say Mm -hmm. like, okay, what, what do I really want? And almost dig deeper and like, why do I want that? If this is a choice, like what am I thinking it's going to provide me? So you can actually look deeper, right? Where it's like, not just like hitting a sales target. It's like, what do you want behind that? And like, then all of a sudden you realize what your core value is or like really what you're looking for. And then you can make that decision around it. But it's almost like that space to make that decision without the pressure and not while you're like on the way to pick up the kids in the car driving and like not <laughs> rushing yeah. and just hopping to it. It's it's really that space. Does that resonate with you? 
Yes, 100%. I feel like yeah. that whole inner voice thing. And I think that part of being a business owner, I mean, I'm sure you've heard before everyone says like, you know, when you start a business, you learn so much about yourself. You as a person, you grow so much, right? It's like so eye-opening. Whatever fears you had, whatever thoughts you had, like you have to face them. And so I feel that naturally, if you are very comfortable, you know, really facing yourself and really being honest with yourself, then you tend to have a good head on your shoulders about the direction that your business is going. Like you tend to be a little bit more confident about the direction because you're so secure in like what you want and who you are that distractions, multiple opportunities, whatever anyone else is telling you to do doesn't really matter because you have that conviction for yourself. And that was something that for me developed ever since I got onto chocolate, but especially in like recent years, as I learned more about business and as I really had to dig deep and think, okay, what do I really want for myself? Not just business life, but like life in general, you know, like business plays such Mm -hmm. a huge part of everything, but it's one part. So I want to look at the total picture of everything. And that's what I try to tell people who I mentor. It's like, everyone's in in this rush, like they want the big successful business, but I'm like, what does that look like for you? And why are you saying the things that you're saying? Doesn't make sense for you again. Or are you just doing this because, you know, social media is painting this perfect picture of chocolatier life and you think it's all glamorous and you just make pretty bonbons and like all these sexy videos, but that's not reality. <laughs> so, Because you know. the videos took two hours to make. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and yeah. when you're and the fancy chocolates, like take more time and they're harder yeah. to sell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone gets so caught up on social media stuff. They're like, oh, well, he did this. I'm like, that dude has like, you know how much years of training that guy has? Like, you know, I always tell people, like, get the experience first before you start the business, right? Get the experience first. Know what you're getting yourself into before you decide and commit that I'm going to go and start something that's going to take way more time, way more energy, way more money than you probably will ever expect. Because, yeah. It's a lot. It's Mm, a lot. I love it. Hey, it's Stacy here, and I have some exciting news that's going to make such a huge impact on your business journey. I created a guidebook called The Profit Playbook, and it's game changing just for entrepreneurs like you and me. I'm incredibly passionate about doing only things that move the needle, and I poured only the most impactful and highly implementable tools, tips, and strategies into this guide for you. You better believe I took the 15 years of experience that I have working with thousands of business owners, as well as my own seven-figure success story, and I'm making it all available to you. We're going to dive in and explore why profit is truly the key that unlocks business success. You'll understand the levers that can drive more profit to the bottom line while still keeping your heart-led vision intact. And then I provide you 30 incredible ways to boost profit in your business. Imagine the possibilities. The best part is the it's completely free. Seriously, it's on me. I genuinely want to see you succeed. And this playbook is my way of lending a helping hand. Head over to the link in the show notes to grab your free copy of the Profit Playbook. And let's start that journey toward greater profitability together. I believe we can have income and an impact and live a life we love in our business. And I'm here to support you every step of the way. So one of the things that you were saying, Tina, is that you had to learn a lot about like marketing and money and all the different things that it takes to actually run a business where I think it's funny because we all start our business thinking, okay, if I'm just, I'm good at making chocolate, then I'll have a great business because I'm good at this, but it's not the case. Can you share with us like a couple things that you learned and that really stood out for you that 
have really like made a difference in your business? Yes, definitely. So number one was knowing my numbers, which I'm sad to say my first side chocolate business, I really didn't understand numbers. I just assumed revenue minus expenses equals what I'm left with. I didn't know cost of goods sold. I didn't understand cash flow. I didn't understand to plan financially for the year. I was just kind of like, I have some money. I'm going to spend it. <laughs> like I wasn't, there's no plan mm-hmm. whatsoever. So first of all, like understanding numbers. And then the second thing was understanding that if I focus on building the brand the correct way and really engaging my audience, and I guess I never really took time to understand what my audience meant, like my core people who would buy my chocolate time and time again, it became so much easier in my business because Kodina chocolate, like 80% is like all repeat customers, which is awesome. When I had the chocolate business before, I'm like constantly trying to find new people to buy my stuff. And it's difficult. It's more difficult to convert new person than it is the people who already love you, who support you, who feel like you got their back. So I would say that numbers was number one. And then number two was understanding really how to build the customer relationship and nurture that customer relationship and understand, because this is something that I messed up completely when I first learned sales, to not be freaking salesy, like not to just push the sale right away. I feel like so many chocolatiers or, you know, people in general with sales, you obviously want to get the sale, but people are coming off too strong with it right away that you're not actually listening to what the customer wants or how you can help them. And then the customer reads that as ick, like, oh, gross, you know, and you lose the sale. And then you you wonder like, why well, I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. It's like, no, you're not. You're, you're just constantly thinking of yourself. So when I learned that, if you think about sales and customer service, like how can I serve them? How can I really like show them what I'm about, but serve them, not sell them? Then that's where it started to turn around. And then I saw more repeat orders. And then I saw people who were referring me to other people. And then when we started doing events, you're like, oh, my cousin has this, or oh, my friend has this. And like, naturally their network grew my network. And that's how more opportunities happened. And so I would say, number one, know your numbers for sure. And then number two, focus on your audience, your customers and your relationship. Oh, so you said know your numbers. And a couple minutes ago, you were saying that like it takes way more money to start a business than what you probably think it would. And this is where knowing your numbers comes into place and how it actually leads to the sales that you're talking about. Like it kind of comes full circle where we don't have enough money and we're not really prepared for knowing what it's going to take to start a business and how long it's going to take to get those sales, especially in your industry where it's like we have to invest in inventory and then we're investing in our time and marketing and like we're waiting for it to pick up. So we don't have enough cash set aside. And then that's where all of a sudden, like people don't realize that your inner thoughts really do come out because then all of a sudden when you're writing a caption on Instagram, it's like, please buy my product. I need you to buy my product instead of like, Hey, I'd love to give you an amazing gift to give and like really coming from that service mindset. And so it's like that comes out because you're fearful, but because it was like a lack of planning, a lack of understanding the financial aspect, and then it just trickles down and then almost becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where it's like now you're not selling because you're actually turning people off, even though you want to be, and it just is so cyclical. So I love that you say like, okay, I got to know my numbers. Can I ask like, what's one number that you look at all the time? Yeah. So funny enough, I'm reading this book right now. I don't know if you read it called Profit First. And so, yeah. yeah, So I, when I started reading that, I'm like, okay, 
don't just look at your bank account. Think of like the cash flow and think of like all the places that you're allocating all the income and stuff. So I'm very more mindful of that because I do feel I kind of grew up. I don't want to say spoiled, but I kind of grew up not really having to worry about money too much. So, you know, before when I'd like have my business beforehand, I would just see money in the bank. I'd be like, I have all this money. I'm going to buy all these things. And now it's very much like, no, I'm like planning for taxes and operating expenses and how am I going to pay myself first? And I have a family. So how am I supporting my family and all these things? And then I see, okay, this is what I have to, to make the business work. And then you have to make it work, right? That's the other part of it. I feel like people are like, how do I get to that point? It's like, you guys, everyone starts from zero. You have to freaking just put in the work, get to know your numbers, take an accounting course, hire one if you need to, and just educate yourself on like what's really important. Because when I started understanding this for myself, in a way, it relieved the stress of the business, you know, because I feel like you act in that frantic energy and you act in that desperate energy because you have no idea what's going on. You're just desperate to make sales. But once you actually understand your business and you can kind of analyze it and see it for what it is, whether that's good or bad, you kind of feel like you have more control. At least for me, that's how I felt. So now it's like, okay, I understand what point I need to get to. I understand what revenue I want to reach. I understand what I need to invest into, what I need to hire into next. So it's just all like laid out for me. And then you just have to do the work. So that to me Mm -hmm. is like, oh, make yourself a plan and do the work. Amazing. (laughs) You know, I love it. I don't use profit first, like specifically, but what I love about the system is really that it just gives you the parameters. And first of all, it like makes you understand certain things like, you know, what your expenses are every single month, like the things Mm -hmm. like insurance and your cell phone. And like, you're, you're like, okay, I have to have this much money to do that. And then here's all these other things like taxes and like really makes you aware, but it also kind of puts the pressure on because when you don't have enough money in the bank to cover that area, you're not just like taking from somewhere else. You're like, wow, I have to get more efficient. How am I going to do that? Whereas like when we're not looking at it and it's kind of all jumbled together, like we don't know where to go and then we just keep ignoring it. Right. So I love that you're reading that book. Kudos. Fantastic book. I've read it. Yeah. Okay. I want to follow up with just like one last question. And then also after if you could share like where we can find you, how we can follow along any of that stuff. So Is there anything that you're telling business owners right now? You're like, I'm telling this to everybody. I wish I could even like just scream it from the rooftop so everybody could hear it. What is one thing in business that you're like, you wish everybody knew? I would say you're not going to do it alone. And I literally have frames. Like I have a quote, I have a a frame of quotes in front of me and it it says like, you're not going to do it alone. And I say that because I tried to do it alone by myself. I've seen several of my friends try to do stuff alone and you burn out and it becomes too much. And for some reason, I feel like people think there's like some sort of sense of pride. Like I did it all by myself. I made it by myself. And in my head, I'm like anything that you learned in life, you didn't do it by yourself. We're not born knowing these things. You learned it from someone else. So my advice would be like, understand that it's going to be a heck of a journey And most likely, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. And then once you understand that and you release that control or whatever the ego is that's holding you back, then you'll be able to look for the right people who can help you build it the way you want to build it. Mm, That was so good. Isn't that the truth? And often, I love how you say that. We're all like, oh, I'm self-made. It's like, no, like self, like you put in the work. Yes, but somebody put in the work to teach you. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, where can we follow along, Tina? 
So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most at Cudinia Chocolate. And then you can also check out my site, www.cudiniachocolatementorship.com. If you are a person who's in the creative food industry field, you can also listen on the iHeart Chocolate podcast. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it so much. And your valuable, incredibly valuable insights. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know. You want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.